you and I are like sisters. Sisters? Hallie, we're like twins. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, hello. (laughs) Cut cut out me saying well. Hi, y'all. How are you? I hope you're having a great day. Um, Maybe your day just started. It's going to be a good one. Welcome back to Pod Girl Summer. Yes. I can't believe that we're heading into like our last few summer movies before our next theme month. I know. I do have to say I'm incredibly excited for our next theme month. Yes. And if you think you might know what it is, DM us. You absolutely – there's no way you could possibly know, but we would love to hear your guesses. Yeah, it's it's this movie and then one other movie, right? Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. Well, I hope that everyone enjoyed it. I hope they Mm -hmm. felt like they were sitting poolside with their BFFs as Y2K girls do reminiscing. Oh, absolutely. Although I was thinking today, we didn't really do any like – beach movies we at all this summer <laughs> there's like a couple beach scenes in stuff we've done mm-hmm. but maybe next summer i think we'll do something more beachy okay so our summer movies more so had to do with like travel that's true yeah travel hijinks and also some very heavy themes Ooh, yeah like being yeah. um, an orphan or having a pregnancy scare. Or having a brother pass away in a tragic accident. Wow, forgot about that one. Yeah, also a lot <laughs> yeah. of camp. Mm-hmm. People going away yeah, to camp. Yeah, lots of summer camp. Yeah. And speaking of camp, we're doing the camp movie today. Absolutely. 1998's The Parent Trap. Boring applause. Yeah, this is Lindsay Lohan's film debut yes the movie that started it all and she like goes on screen as if she's been in 500 movies oh it's insane she's so good in this and she's playing two fucking roles and they're notably different like she really did she's like this is annie this is hallie Mm -hmm. yeah i always think about like young stars i always thought about this with miley cyrus aka hannah montana just that Mm -hmm. you must be the most confident 10-year-old to go into an audition room and to, like, have – to, like, meet these casting directors who are, like, jaded 40-year-olds feel like Mm -hmm. you're, like, exciting, you know? Yeah. They both make, like, very bold choices as actors, like Lindsay and Miley specifically. Oh, yeah. And that's hard to do when you're, like, a grown-up, let alone a child. But I guess also when you're a child, you're a little bit less afraid sometimes because mm-hmm. you don't have you're that a kid. Filter. But, yeah, no, her charisma and, like, charm shines through completely in this movie. Yeah, she does an amazing job. Um, I definitely find her endearing and just, like, really lively on screen, you know? Mm-hmm. I did copy down this, like, I, I'm like, this is a quote. It's not a quote. I don't know what I'm saying right now. A, I found it quote. on IMDb. <laughs> I'm like, yes, in my research on IMDb. Um, but basically, it says that the director, Nancy Myers, kept saying, I'm looking for a little Diane Keaton. Diane is so alive on screen, and that's what I wanted from the actress in these parts. You got it. Yeah, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Amazing job, Nancy. This movie is quite insane. 
rewatching it as someone who's almost Meredith's age. I think she's like 26 mm-hmm. and 25. Like, yeah. first of all, like she looks <laughs> amazing. She looks gorgeous. I'm not saying she looks Absolutely. old. She doesn't look 26 in the movie. Like, I feel like she looks like a real adult and I look like a fucking child. <laughs> well, there are people that are 26 that look like that. She's just, she's very like manicured yeah. and made up. Like if you wanted to look like that, you could. Mm. Good point. It's all about, you know, the the presentation. It's about the clothing, the hair, the makeup. Like she has that little bob, which ages her a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's smoking. Um, totally. She does an amazing job in this movie. I really hadn't paid attention to like her performance specifically before. Because when you're mm-hmm. a kid, you watch it, you're like, I hate Meredith. But she's really good in this movie. Yes. And if you're on TikTok, you've had to have mm-hmm. seen the Meredith, like, con- I guess conspiracy theory, but just... The renaissance of Meredith Blake. Exactly. <laughs> Is she actually the villain? Questionable. Did Hallie hate her before she even opened her mouth? Or Annie, rather? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and they're definitely not nice to her. No. <laughs> they literally almost murder her. Um, yeah, I was surprised that she won the villain thing between her and Clarice. Yes. From It Takes Two. Because I was like, no, Clarice is like straight up nasty. Yeah. Clarice is like, this woman had bad taste and that's why she's dead. Yeah. Crazy. Meredith is just like a hot 26-year-old mm-hmm. that's met this like super hot, charming, funny, sweet, also happens to be rich, uh, vineyard owner. Yes. Like, get your bag and get your man. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, she was provoked. She was. But she did go a little too far asking Nick to choose between her or his daughters. Like, that was a clear – she wasn't going to win there. We all knew that. Yeah. It is pretty crazy to think that Nick was 24 and Elizabeth was 23 when they got married on that ship. Crazy town. And also, I saw this, that she had her occupation listed as artist, and his was listed as viticulturist. What is that? I don't know. It sounds like vitamin. <laughs> is it, like, something to do with his wine I guess so. Business? Like, ag- it sounds like agriculture. Yeah, the scientific study of grapes. Mm. Yeah, I think that Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson could not have been better casting choices absolutely amazing chemistry and not only chemistry with each other but chemistry with Lindsay. totally yeah it really felt like they were a family you almost forget that the arrangement is fucked up when yes (laughs) nick sees out pardon me nick sees annie for the first time in 11 years and he's like ah i missed you so much like it's so good to see you i'm like this is your doing (laughs) you chose this you almost forget that it's insane. <laughs> yeah. You almost forget that these people were like, I hate my ex so much that I'm going to give up knowing my child for the rest of her life so I don't have to I'm see them again. I'm <laughs> going to die without ever having met my adult child. Like, what is yeah. that nonsense? <laughs> they, these people it's are insane. petty. These people are petty. Yeah. Capital P. E. And you're saying Meredith is the villain? Mm. Oh, oh, you're you're spinning mm. right now. Yeah, yeah. We were saying before we hopped on mic that uh, you were saying that it's 
this movie is kind of like a farce and you have to see it that way because if you take the arrangement too seriously, it's like insane. What the fuck? Yeah. And then you can also skip the whole Annie and um, Hallie are incredibly pissed off that their parents would do this to them part. So And have to go to years and years of therapy <laughs> yeah. to They're like, this is trauma. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, we did receive a new review from Brie1997. Hey. How are you? Hope you're doing well. You left us a little review saying that we reminded you of the Call Her Daddy Girls, rest in peace to the original duo. <laughs> I was like so honored to be compared and it was a really kind review. So thank you so much. And we did pick out a song for you. Yes. And that song is Fighter by Christina Aguilera because you were exuding confidence and girl power in your Mm -hmm. review. We also saw your Insta. We did remember chatting with you via DM. It looks like you're having a cute, flirty pod girl summer. So absolutely, we had to give you – an anthem. Oh, yeah. Just a strong woman strutting down the street, enjoying life. Yeah. That song gets the blood freaking pumping. Yeah. Feels like a song you could like do fucking like kickboxing to. Oh, totally. Yeah. So we hope you listen to a little Christina Aguilera today. Mm -hmm. Live your best 90s, naughties fantasy. And if you, listener, would like a little shout out and us to pick a movie montage song for you, please leave us a little five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and we will shout you out in the next episode. Yes, ma'am. And before we dive in, we just want to make sure that you are following us on social media. Mm-hmm. We have we got it all. We got Instagram. It's movies that raised us. We got Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. We've got an email. It's movies that raised us at gmail.com. We've got a TikTok. It's at movies that raised us pod. What's next? Pinterest? Wait. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think out of all the social media apps, I spend the most time on Pinterest. Really? I spend a lot of time on Pinterest. (laughs) I do have like over a dozen Pinterest Mm. boards that I actively use. Yeah, it's just – it was hard for me to use the platform of Tumblr, especially after they updated it. Mm. Yeah, so it's just a nice way to find like images or ideas Mm. and stuff because it's really like a virtual collage. Mm. But yeah, if we should start a pin, maybe we should start a Pinterest. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up. That being said, should we dive in? Yes. Let's. Um, I don't have a good comparison. Ride that limo into Camp Walden, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm. That sounds lightly sexual. That's <laughs> not <laughs> what I <laughs> weird way to put it okay oh man off to a great start um so opening of the film we have this amazing montage Mm -hmm. set to the song l-o-v-e we see the qe2 or the queen elizabeth ii ocean liner we see nick parker elizabeth Uh, james a beautiful they've met on this boat they have decided to get married 
at the young, young ages of 24 and 23 after knowing each other for like maybe a week. Yeesh. Yes. We see the infamous picture taken of them on their wedding night mm-hmm. where they're looking at each other and cheersing. And after this, we jump forward in time, 11 years and nine months later. So they like got pregnant immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe before they even got married. Who knows? Old. Yeah. But we are at Camp Walden, and we see all these kids arriving at camp. We meet the Marvas, Marva Sr. and Marva Jr. They are welcoming all the kids to the camp, calling out bunk assignments. Mm -hmm. And that's when we first meet Hallie Parker. Mm -hmm. She is going to get her duffel from this pile. She's about to grab it when all these other duffels get thrown on top. And she's like, great, now how to get it out? So some girl comes over to help her, and they still can't get it out. But then they see this other girl who just picks up her duffel, no problem. And we get the infamous line, yo, tie-dye girl. (laughs) And she comes over to help Hallie with her duffel. And they see on her like bag tag that she's from California. And they're like, oh, my God, do you live near a movie star? And she's like, no, I'm from Napa, and we live next to a vineyard. And they're like, what's a vineyard? And she's like, sweetie, please. (laughs) She's like, I'm already a certified sommelier at the age of 11. (laughs) So she gets her bunk assignment. It's the same as her new friends and heads off with them, asking if they play poker. And since they don't, she asks how much money they brought. So she's a hustler. She's a swindler. She's a gambler. Absolutely. So then we shoot to Annie. She pulls up to camp in a limo, okay? Yeah. And what kind of camp is this? Because no one even gawks. No one looks twice. No. So no. P- more power to this rich-ass <laughs> little camp. Yeah. Martin gets out with Annie, and he goes over this list that her mother has sent with him. And then, as a parting gift, he gives her a brand-new deck of cards from her grandfather – And he says, maybe she can find someone on this continent to beat her at poker. I think he says, who can whip your tush is what he says specifically. Yes, he definitely does. I love Martin. I think he's so funny. Oh, yeah. He's like an amazing male caregiver. No threatening energy. Yes. Yeah. So Annie thanks Martin for bringing her. And he starts tearing up. They hug. And he says that if she changes her mind and wants to come home at any point, he's only a phone call away. And she's like, oh, Martin, I'll be fine. So they do their like, do-do-do-do, <laughs> And then he tells her to have fun and heads back in the limo. Yeah. Damn, Martin gets a free ride to the East Coast <laughs> just to like bring this chick to camp. Good for him. Yeah. So then we go to the mess hall. All the kids are having fun, eating lunch, getting to know each other. There's like this buffet table where Hallie is with Tie-Dye Girl. Mm-hmm. Annie is with her friend who is Cat Graham from The Vampire Diaries. Oh, Lord. Don't know if anyone else has ever caught that little cameo before. But <laughs> she had a couple lines apparently that got cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. But she is Annie's friend. And so that's when Marva Sr. comes up and she's like, I just have to have some of these gorgeous strawberries. Would you like some, dear? Turns to Hallie and she's like, oh, no, I can't. I'm allergic. And she leaves. And then Marva's like, what about you? Turns to Annie and she's like, oh, I can't. I'm allergic. And she's like, well, yeah, you just said that. How did 
How did you get over there? Oh, just the first day of camp has me all frazzled. She says something about like putting sugar in the salt shakers. Like (laughs) this woman is having a time. She's so silly. She looks glam as heck too. She has on like her gloss and her liner. She looks like a very chic older woman. With her vague transatlantic accent. (laughs) Yeah, she's like for this role I was going for – a Julie Andrews vibe. She's like, step aside, dear. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Cut to the next day, I'm assuming. They're fencing as one of the activities at camp. And Hallie fences this one boy who accidentally got sent to the <laughs> girls' camp. And she is named the undefeated camp champion of fencing. Apparently that little boy is um, Lindsay Lohan's brother. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was like – Yeah. And I think – Maybe her sister also had, like, a brief cameo in this movie as well. Yeah, I think her sister and her mom are also, like, extras at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the counselor asks if anyone else wants to go against Tally, And Annie's like, I'll take a whack at it. <laughs> and she gets into her fencing gear, you know, masks up. And the girls just go off their... Doing some choreography. Yes. They're hopping off of trees, bouncing off of hay bales. And Annie corners Hallie, and Hallie falls into this, like, trough of water. Yeah. And Annie, (laughs) being a kind young lady, like, offers to help her up and gives her her hand. Hallie plunges her right into the trough with her. What a rambunctious little child. Hallie's, like, has a mean streak she has an attitude problem i'm like she's so quirky you're like she's a total bitch (laughs) well it just made me think of when um lily moskowitz was like i told you i need an attitude adjustment (laughs) i feel like that Mm. is in hallie's future yeah for real yeah so the counselor names annie the new champion and asks the girls to shake hands when the girls turn around They are both taken aback because they look exactly Mm -hmm. alike. So everyone is shook. Hallie is like, what is everybody staring at? Mm -hmm. And Annie goes, can't you see it? We look exactly alike. And Hallie's like, hmm, turn sideways, turn the other way. Brutal. And just starts going off about like her eyes being too close together, like her ears being big, her teeth are crooked, her nose, like all this bullshit. Annie is obviously annoyed and Hallie's like do you want to know what the real difference is between us and Annie goes oh what I know how to fence and you don't or I have class and you don't (laughs) that's when Annie's friend very dramatic out of nowhere just goes want me to deck her for you and I was like these you children yeah your children so Marva Jr. breaks them up She's like, girls, girls, stop. Hallie, Andy, I mean, whoa, because they look the same. And no one thinks, hey, maybe I should tell someone about this. Because it's not like, oh, you guys look similar. It's like you're the same person. Yeah. So what happens next? Annie is playing some poker. She is cleaning the girls out. She takes the dollar bills and the scrunchies (laughs) and the nail polish, which I think would be such a fun game. Like. We should absolutely play a game of poker where we just put in like nail polish and lip gloss and stuff. Mm, that would be fun. I've never played poker, so I would definitely lose. But yeah. like, I'm down to just give you guys some nail polish uh, and pretend to play cards. I haven't either. Like, I don't know how to play yeah. it. But 
Mm-hmm. It looks so fun. And yeah. Haley shows up while Bad to the Bone is playing in her <laughs> bomber jacket, sunglasses, hair in like a French twist or something. Yeah. Like whipping around her bag of like cash. It's like all quarters. Yeah. And so Annie deals her in and they start placing their bets until eventually they're all in. Hallie proposes that the loser jumps into the lake at the end of the game, but naked. And Annie tells Hallie to start unzipping, babe, and reveals her straight in diamonds. But Haley, that's not her name, but Hallie (laughs) reveals in her honor, she has a royal flush. So Annie's screwed. Yep. They head down to the lake. She strips down and walks to the end of the dock. Does a very bold dive right in. Great form. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and all the girls are watching while she's in the water, though. Hallie and her little minions steal her clothes. Yeah. Brutal. So Annie gets out and she's like, if that's how she wants it, let the games begin. <laughs> I thought this was so scandalous when I was a kid. I was like, oh, my God. Like- yeah. Same. Getting naked in front of your peers? Oh, my God. Well, I feel like at that age, I would have thought I was going to get, like, in trouble. Like, if an oh, adult totally. caught me, would be like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I pro- I probably thought it would be, like, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They're so bold. I was, like, so fucking scared of everything at 11. Oh, same. I mean, I still am now. Like, I have a huge fear of authority, so I yeah tend to always follow the rules, but yeah, no, I would never. You would not catch me doing something like this as a child. Never. But yeah, then the the prank war ensues. So Hallie and her pals are like laughing about last night when they stroll up to their cabin to find that their beds and all of their belongings have been moved up to the roof. How? And I'm like, how are these eleven year old children? Carrying beds up to a roof. I got my father's crane uh, to be- to bring the pe- the beds and the nightstands onto the roof. More so, how did they get the stuff back in the cabin without Marva Senior and Junior knowing? Right, just insanity. Yeah. That night, Hallie is like, "You want to play, bitch? I'll fucking play bet." <laughs> and I do think that Annie's prank, although probably very annoying, harmless. Yeah. Hallie decides to sneak into Annie's cabin. Just dials it up like (laughs) crazy. She squeezes honey all over the cabin, gets whipped cream on her bunk mate, does a little George Washington hair situation. They slick the floor with oil, put string all over the cabin, um, dump chocolate syrup into a bucket, like – rig some serious shit yeah so eventually in the morning annie gets up and her bunkmates wake up too they have like sticky shit all over them they're screaming they're slipping that one girl with the honey on her and she's like ew ew (laughs) that's pretty hilarious she's like flipping out scene stealing performance I'll never forget that, like, as long as I live. I'll be on my deathbed and remember nothing, and I'll remember, ew, ew, with the honey. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen someone so afraid of honey. So the girls are having a moment. 
Annie ends up triggering water balloons that fall on her and she dodges all of them except the last gigantic water balloon. Hallie and her bunkmates watch from the window outside the cabin and Annie and her roommates just get wrecked, you know? Oh, there's a there's a line that Annie says. I think I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she goes, That girl is without a doubt the lowest, most awful creature that has ever walked the planet. And Hallie goes, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Which I always thought was so funny. And <laughs> as they're watching this unfold, Marva Sr. walks by and she's like, Hello, girls. And they're like, Oh, hi, Marva. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Marva calls for a surprise bunk inspection. And starts to enter Annie's bunk when Hallie gets in her way. She's like, halt. Yeah, she says that one of the girls got incredibly sick last night. Like, that cabin is disgusting. Don't go in there. And Marva's like, step aside, dear. Like, if someone's sick, I need to go in there. She thinks she's on a safari on God. (laughs) Yeah, the vest with all the pockets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So Annie comes to the door and she's like, actually, we're all quite all right in here. Unless... Hallie knows something that we don't. And Hallie keeps trying to stop her because the door is rigged with like a chocolate milk fiasco. (laughs) Fiasco. So (laughs) eventually Marva whips open the door. The chocolate milk sauce, whatever it is, spills all over her Mm -hmm. and then all over Marva Jr. They go sliding like grease lightning style (laughs) through the entire cabin from all like the vegetable oil on the ground. Nasty. And they're slipping all over the place. Marva Jr. grabs onto one of like, it's like a doll on a string Mm -hmm. or something, which triggers the fan, which has feathers on it. And the feathers start coming down. Christmas music is playing. It's just like chef's kiss. Yeah, very Home Alone-esque. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So Marva Sr. decides to banish not only Hallie, but also Annie, which I don't think is totally fair. Nor do I. And also the poor other children that just happened to be assigned to this bunk that (laughs) were covered in shit in the middle of the night. Just They don't get any sort of respite. There's no solace for them. No. So they make literally everyone at Camp Walden (laughs) hike to the isolation cabin. So in the isolation cabin, Hallie is trying to sleep while Annie is writing in her diary. And then they keep like flicking the lights off and on, off and on. Clearly, the isolation is not doing much to help. Certainly not. So the next evening, a storm rolls in like the camp is totally doused. Mm -hmm. The girls are in the cabin and Hallie is hanging some posters up. When a gust of wind blows through the window, all these pictures get blown down and Annie actually comes over to help her close the window that's stuck, further affirming that Annie, yes, is the nicer twin. Mm -hmm. But I digress. So they pick up all the posters together and Annie hands Hallie, her stuffed animal. She's like, oh, what's that? And Hallie says it's Cuppy. She's had him like forever. Then Annie asks if any of her pictures are ruined, and she's like, only my Leo, who Annie doesn't know. Yeah. She's like, Leo who? Leonardo DiCaprio. This is 1998, girl. Get with the program. Yeah, have you seen a movie? (laughs) Anyone? (laughs) Yeah. And Hallie's like, how far away is London? So Annie asks her how far she is from home, and Hallie's like, 
I am from California. It's across the country. Here's my house, and this is my dad. But her dad's back is to the camera, Mm. and she's like, oh, yeah, he didn't know I was taking this photo. And just, like, kind of talks about her dad. She's like, my dad is my best friend. And Annie, you can tell, is kind of, like, emotional from this conversation. Yeah. So she goes back to her bunk and sits on her bed. Hallie becomes more friendly. She, like, offers Annie some Oreos. And Annie's like, oh, I only eat my Oreos with peanut butter. And Hallie's like, me too. I don't get why they're like, some people think it's disgusting. I'm like, why? Both desserts. Yeah. Chocolate and peanut butter is a classic combination. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my brother and I would eat Oreos with peanut butter constantly, probably because of this movie. But like, it's good. Yeah. Sounds completely normal to me. I could believe that people do that. So they sit together on Annie's bed and Hallie asks Annie what her father is like. Mm. And Annie says that she's never met him. You know, her parents split when she was a baby and it's like her dad just evaporated into thin air. And then so Hallie asks Annie how old she is. She's like, I'll be 12 on October 11th. (gasps) And Hallie's like, oh my God, no way. I'm also going to be 12 on October 11th. That's so crazy. Anyways, let's go get a popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Is she, like, deeply in denial of reality? Clear. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So Annie asks Hallie about her mother, who Hallie has never met either, but she knows that she was really beautiful because her dad kept an old picture of her in his sock drawer, and he kept catching her looking at it, so he let her keep it. And Annie is like, don't you realize what's happening? Stop (laughs) thinking about your stomach for a moment. And Annie says that, At least Hallie probably has a whole picture of her mother. You know, all she has is just a little um, pathetic crinkled photo that was ripped down the middle. So Hallie goes to her trunk and pulls out her picture, which is also dun-dun-dun, ripped right down the middle. Right down the middle, right down the middle. (laughs) (laughs) So Annie grabs her photo, and on the count of three – Boom. (gasps) Pictures side by side. It's Nick and Elizabeth. You and I are like sisters. Sisters? Hallie, we're like twins. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They hug. Yeah. At this moment, Christina is covered in goosebumps. Yeah, it really got me. I don't know why, but I was just like, oh, my God. I think because, like, Lindsay is just so good in this moment. Yeah. Just, you know, having emotional chemistry with herself. It's a feat. I do notice that in movies, she has really good emotional chemistry. Like, Mm -hmm. in Just My Luck, like, her chemistry with the guy whose name escapes me. Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine. (laughs) is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think she – I mean, obviously, I don't know because I've never acted with her. But she seems like a very generous scene partner. Yeah. I definitely feel like she's not hogging Mm -hmm. the other people's performances. It's very much like a give and take. Mm -hmm. Although I did hear that from, you know, online. She was hard to work with. But yeah, um, she has her ways, I guess. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that they just realize they both have lockets with their initials that they got when they were born. They're like sealing the deal. They're like, this is real. We're sisters. Finally found like my mom yeah crazy and they hug again 
So that night they've pushed their beds together mm-hmm. so they can just chat all night. And Annie tells Hallie about their mom, Elizabeth James. She's a moderately famous up-and-coming wedding gown designer. Mm -hmm. Super cool job. Yeah. Super cool. cool. Annie then points out how neither of their parents ever remarried. And Hallie is like, ring-a-ding-ding, Eureka inspiration has struck. And says since they both want to know what their other parent is like, she proposes that they swap places after camp. And Annie is like, absolutely not. But Hallie's like, no, no, no. Like, we can teach each other to be the other one. Mm-hmm. Like, we can totally pull this off. And she does her best Annie impression, which is perfect because it's literally Lindsay impersonating herself. Yeah. And uh, she begs her. She's like, please, I got to meet my ma. And Annie is like, well, if we do switch, eventually – when our parents find out, they'll have to meet up again to unswitch us. Yes, ma'am. And then they'll fall in love for sure. And they did kind of know what they were talking about here. It's true. So we get a montage. Do you believe in magic? I really like the Do You Believe in Magic um, Ali Mashaka or Ali and AJ cover. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So they learn about each other's families Hallie shows Annie a map of her house, and Annie shows Hallie the secret handshake that she does with Martin. Then Annie puts her freaking life into Hallie's hands. <laughs> she, like, sits in a chair and is like, I'm ready for you to cut my freaking hair off. And Hallie gets out the scissors, approaches Annie to give this haircut, and this girl closes her fucking eyes and is about to cut. And she's like, hold up, hold the freaking phone. You can't have your eyes yeah. closed. You're cutting my hair. <laughs> um, and when they finish, she looks in the mirror. This is not done by an 11-year-old. No. There's volume. There's layers. Stop. It's perfectly even. There's no- nothing super yeah. jagged about it. I can suspend my disbelief for everything except this. Well, I can suspend my disbelief for everything except for the next scene, right. which is the ear-piercing scene. <laughs> You're right. And I've always remembered this. She makes the needle. She sterilizes the needle with a lighter, which I'm like, homegirl, you got to put that on fire for like a minute to actually sterilize it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So she does a a quick whiff of fire on the needle. (laughs) And then. On like a very thick needle too. It's not like a thin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then um, she has. Annie holds an an ice cube behind her ear, and she's like, when I say um, you're going to switch out this ice cube for the apple slice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I'm I want to try it so bad just to like <laughs> no <laughs> try it out because I am so curious, but I know it's like fucked up. It does seem a little ingenious though, like the ice cube would numb the lobe, and then yeah, the apple yeah. would like help you know, stab through the ear. Yeah, that's what you're stabbing into. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, They did take that scene out, I think, in the UK release. Really? Because they were like, we do not want children copying this. Wow. Good for you, UK. Which I'm sure, (laughs) I am sure that there are many women in their 30s out there whose, like, friends did this to them. Oh, my gosh. When I was, I think I was a sophomore 
I was in this class with like four senior girls who were taking this elective. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a senior. I don't want to take a hard class. Yeah. And um, one of them brought an ear piercing gun to class one day, and she was piercing like whoever whoever wanted their ear pierced. <laughs> she fucking shot that shit, and the teacher did not even know. Oh my god. <laughs> It was, like, very subtle. Yeah. But, I mean, they were 18 at that point, like, I guess, like, do you? Mm -hmm. But it was so funny because she was, like, just piercing off people's ears. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, y'all are all about to get an infection. Oh, my God, yeah. I think some of them did have to take out the piercing. Of course. Yeah. I think she put a new needle in for each person, like, I'm assuming. But it was Mm -hmm. really (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Jesus. Oh, my God. How old were you when you got your ears pierced? Oh, I was pretty young. I was, like, begging for it for a long time. So I want to say eight, seven or eight. Mm. What about you? I was four. um, Wow. Because I had been begging. I I had begged my mom for, like, a really long time because I wanted my ears pierced so bad as a very young child. And um, I remember it's one of my only memories that I have of – like living in Alberta in my childhood oh. home because um, we left when I was four. It was my fourth birthday. My mom sat me down on my bed and she was like, okay, since you're now four, I will take you to get your ears pierced. We went to Claire's. No. Got my ears pierced. Um, didn't feel a thing. It didn't hurt at all. It was a great time. I was super happy. They weren't ever infected. Oh, good like, for you. Mine totally got infected. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely had, like, infections, like, later on just from, like, wearing – because, like, I could only have, like, nickel-free jewelry and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because my ears were just, like, really sensitive. So I would get infections if I wore, like, really, really cheap jewelry, although now I can and it's, like, fine. Yeah, same here. I don't know if it's, like, you get older and your body's just like, oh, yeah, we've been – we're immune to that now. You've been in yeah. a, around enough yeah, bacteria fine. in this godforsaken uh, city. Literally, yeah, because I would only be able to get my earrings from Claire's because they had the nickel-free ones. Mm-hmm. So whenever we were back in Canada, I would go to Claire's and have like a fucking free-for-all <laughs> buying just like so many pairs because they always did like buy three, get one free oh or whatever. Gosh. So I had so many earrings from Claire's. My mom was like, oh, you're getting infections because you can only wear like sterling silver or gold earrings. So Mm. I was like upset because I wanted the cool earrings that were from like Claire's and stuff. And she'd only get me earrings from like Kohl's that were like little gold studs. Yeah, yeah. But then when I got my piercing later on in life, I'd never got infected. So there you go. You know? Yeah. But yeah, in this movie, they did not go to Claire's. They did this whole little homemade situation. Very homemade. Hallie stabs that needle through Annie's ear. They both scream. Wow. But she gets the job done. Pretty crazy. (laughs) And no one got an infection. Shockingly. (laughs) Yeah. So after, you know, all of these procedures are done. (laughs) Lip injection. Yeah. (laughs) The girls are saying goodbye. They have a hug. Annie gives Hallie her passport, which shook me to my core. (laughs) Illegal. What the fuck is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Um, And her boarding pass, Hallie hops into Annie's limo and rides away. So Hallie just stops down in London town. um, (laughs) And on the plane, she just like hopes that her mother will like her. So she actually gets off at the airport 
stands on this chair, looks around. She's like, where's my mom at? And she sees Martin there to pick her up. He's like, your hair, I love it. And he asks her to give him a high five. And she executes that secret handshake perfectly. Also, I just want to take a moment to talk about Miss Annie James and her wardrobe. Oh, because yeah. Because girl is rocking the matching sets. Like nobody's business. So cute. I would wear every single thing that she wears. The blue suit that she wears to the bridal shop? Yeah. You've got me fucked up if you think that I'm not trying to buy a bigger <laughs> size of that suit. Literally. Literally. It's so chic. She looks so cool. And I'm like, you're 11. You have so much style. But I guess that's what happens when your mother is Elizabeth James. True. So then Hallie drives through the streets of London. She's seeing the sights. We get Mm -hmm. a little, there she goes, playing in the background. Mm -hmm. And she finally arrives at the James house. Um, I did see that in 2016, Lindsay was in London and she went and took a picture outside of the house as an adult, which I thought was very cute. Um, It's in Kensington, very money neighborhood, of course. So Hallie goes inside. She admires this gorgeous home Mm -hmm. before going into the living room where she sees a welcome home sign. And then she finds her grandfather in his study reading the paper. And he's like, is that my girl? That tall, gangly thing? And they hug. And she's like smelling him because years from now, when she's old and all grown up, she wants to remember how her grandfather always smelled of peppermint and pipe tobacco. And like, this is super emotional. She's meeting like her grandfather for the first time ever. Totally. Insane. So then... Hallie hears her mother call down, so she runs and finally, after 11 and a half years, meets Miss Elizabeth James. Mm -hmm. They have this big reunion hug. Hallie is crying, and she's like, I just can't believe it's you. And Elizabeth's like, I can't believe it's you, and compliments her new haircut. And she asks, like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she's like, I just missed you so much. And they hug. And she's like, I know. It feels like it's been forever. And I'm like, it has. So they have a tea together. And Martin asks what a stuffed animal is doing in her suitcase. And Hallie's like, oh, um, that's a girl's from camp. Um, But she loves it a lot, so I'll mail it to her. (laughs) And Liz gets a call from a client while Hallie looks at her jewelry that's on top of her dresser. Hallie's having like a really insane moment meeting her mom and like being around Mm -hmm. this female energy because she does have Chessie at home, but her mother is so feminine and like is surrounded by gowns and fashion and jewelry like Mm – um, she's really just excited to experience it all. So mm-hmm. her mom is like answering this call and turns to Hallie and is like, oh, would you mind terribly running down to the studio with me? And Hallie is like, I would not mind at all. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's rock. Let's yeah, rock. Let's, let's rock. rock today. So they walk over, they have this cute Beatles moment while crossing the street, mm-hmm. and they just like walk the streets of England all the way to the studio. This little single mom is like 
holding her child's hand. It's very endearing. It's very cute. So they get to Elizabeth's studio and Hallie admires the wedding gown in the window. And she's like, do you know who would look beautiful in a gown like that? You. And Elizabeth is like, all right, that's that's enough. Don't be silly. (laughs) So they go into the studio where this photo shoot is happening. And apparently they called Elizabeth because they're having a crisis because they don't know what to do with the veil because it covers the back of the dress. Mm. But the look would be incomplete without it. And so (laughs) Elizabeth has Annie grab some top hats from the rack and they put the veil on the top hat and put it on this bride, which I personally think looks kind of dumb. <laughs> it's very, um, like rockabilly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, it's avant-garde. It's, it's an editorial shot. It's fine. Yeah. They're all very happy with it. They're taking photos and Hallie just looks at her mom and goes, my mom is too cool. And I'm like, yeah, she is. So then Hallie ends up jumping into the photo shoot and, like, takes some Aww. pictures with the bride. It's all very cute. Then they walk home, and on their walk home, Hallie is like, you know, being around those wedding dresses, do you ever think, you know, about the F word? And she's <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> and then Hallie's like, my father. Elizabeth is just like, what's with all this recent curiosity about your father? And she just says that he was very lovely and tells her that they met on the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II, an ocean liner that goes from London to New York. Back then, she wasn't keen on flying and neither was her father. And he was an American, scandalous. (laughs) America Corps. Oh, my God. So then we go... All the way to Napa, California, Annie gets off the commuter plane where her father, Nick Parker, is there to pick her up. And can I just say how damn sexy Dennis Quaid is in this movie? Yes, he is daddy. He is giving me all-American football player Mm -hmm. vibes. Yeah, he's serving me looks. He's serving me lunch. Mm. I just... He's serving me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) It's a five-course meal. Absolutely. Appetizers, drinks. Sorry. (laughs) So they hug, and he's like, I missed you too much. You're never going back to that camp. (laughs) Fuck that camp. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's like, what happened? Like, something's changed about you, Hal. Like, what's going on? And Annie's like, no, I'm just... I'm so excited to see everyone. Like, you know, how's Chessie? And he's like, they're good. You know, we're all just excited to have you back. Can't wait to see you. You know, a lot's been happening around here the past eight weeks. (laughs) And Annie's like, yeah, lots uh, happened to me too, Dad. I feel like a whole new woman. So Hallie, a.k.a. Annie, a.k.a. Lindsay Lohan, (laughs) um, drives with Nick to the gorgeous, amazing Napa Valley, oh, just beautiful. trees on trees. It looks like the French countryside. If any of our listeners are from Napa, yeah, please let us know what it's like living there. Please do. Every time it's depicted, it's very beautiful. So Annie tells Nick that she made this really close friend at camp, and they were practically like sisters, mm. and said she was a quote-unquote lovely girl. And her father's like... 
lovely girl. Like, who are you? (laughs) He notices that she's still biting her nails and she says, it's a horrid habit. She wants to quit. And he's like, horrid habit, lovely girl. Did I send you to camp or finishing school? Yeah. And he asks her why she keeps saying dad at the end of every sentence. And she's like, oh, just because I missed you so much. And my whole life, you know, for the past eight weeks, uh, (laughs) I was never able to say the word dad. And a dad is an irreplaceable person in a girl's life. Like, just imagine life without one, never sending a Father's Day card or never saying, hi, dad, or see you later, dad. And like, just goes on this long ass monologue about it. She's really having a moment. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, you really just miss being able to call me dad? And she's like, yeah. And he's very touched as like I would be too as a parent. I'd be like, oh my God, Mm. my child loves me. And uh, they pull into the vineyard to this insanely beautiful multi-million dollar home. Oh, yeah. Just like giant, huge. Fully, like it is a vineyard, right? So you have acres on acres on acres. This house is a mansion. Yeah. Undoubtedly. 100%. Mm -hmm. So at the house, they get out of the car and Chessie runs up to hug Annie. She gushes over how much they missed her, but says not to let Nick talk her out of going back to camp next year. Then she's like, I'm going to make cornbread and chili. Your favorite walks into the house thinking something about her has definitely changed. Very perceptive, Chessie. Mm -hmm. And Sammy, their dog, barks at Annie. He's like, I'm not stupid, okay? Um, And Chessie's like, what's wrong with you? It's just Hallie. So then Annie goes inside the house, admires how beautiful it is. She's like, it's even better than the pictures. And Chessie asks if she wants to unpack first or eat first or both. And Annie's like, I can eat in my room? And Chessie's like, yes, I'd say that's a definite possibility. (laughs) So Nick then comes in to tell Annie to come downstairs when she's done Mm -hmm. because there's someone that he wants her to meet. Wowie. And then they see Nick go outside on the patio where a mysterious woman is sitting. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Nikki, have you told her yet? Oh, no. And Annie is like, hold the damn phone. Whomst is this? Yes. I'm also like – When she's like, oh, my God, I can eat in my room. I'm like, is England that different from the U.S.? Like, do kids actually act like this or this is because she's like a posh, young, rich girl? I feel like it's because she's a posh, young, rich girl. Okay. One thing I was thinking is that Elizabeth never really has any suspicions about, quote, unquote, Annie Mm -hmm. being, like, weird. But Chessie is, like, immediately very suspicious. Yeah, I would say that there are more quirks with Annie's performance of Hallie than with Hallie's performance of Annie. Like, she's much more Mm low-key in general, Hallie. But yeah, it is weird. I'm like, no one's ever gotten a cut or a scar. Yeah. Like, there's just no way to tell. Yeah. Someone get these girls' dental records right now. (laughs) You're going to see some Fingerprint of both. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So... Upstairs, Chessie helps Annie unpack, and Annie's like, so Nick's new GF, and Chessie's like, yeah, she's a publicist. 
she was supposed to help them with the vineyard, and now she's helping him get his nut. <laughs> so she doesn't say that, but mild, mild paraphrasing. Yeah. Going on. Mild tobacco usage. Um, <laughs> so Chessie is like wondering why she's into him and thinks she's a gold digger. And I'm like, stop right there. I, yeah. We're not stupid. Okay. <laughs> he is a hottie, hot hottie. Yeah. He has interests. He is a good conversationalist. My man owns a vineyard. He's charming. He's funny. Like, why is everyone acting like there's no way she could possibly be into Nick Parker. I'm like, Nick Parker, catch of the century? Yeah, Nick Parker on the back of my fucking Merlot bottle. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, please. I, I'm going to say I'm into him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so insane. Like, Oh, it, my gosh. Cast someone else if you're trying to pass this dude off as an uggo because I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. So Chessie is like, you know, I can't be sure, but I'm pretty sure she's a gold digger. But she has Nick eating out of the palm of her hand. So Nick introduces Hallie, you know, actually Annie, mm-hmm. to Meredith Blake. And we get like a pan <sighs> up of her. Icon, icon, uh, icon. <laughs> I want someone, I want a drag queen to do a Meredith Blake costume. Oh. Fucking. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's been done. Yeah. Yeah. She looks fit and in it and just like a business barbie out here oh yeah and meredith actually is like kind to annie at first she's like yeah i can't believe i'm finally meeting the great hallie and hallie asks how old she is and annie realizes that she is only 14 years older than her yeah our girl is 26 like this could be us in a year any hot young vineyards Vineyard owners yeah. out there, please DM. Any Nick Parkers out there looking for a young babe? Because mm-hmm. I'm available. Andrew, if you're free on Friday, I'm free, I'm on, free on Friday. Friday. <laughs> uh, I saw this TikTok a few weeks ago of a girl who, it was her 26th birthday party. <gasps> so she threw a parent trap themed party. And I'm like, yes, I will 100% be stealing that for my 26th birthday party next year. So Totally. I want us to have parties where I want to, like, decorate, okay? I want to have, like, party oh, favors. Yeah. I want us to, yes. like – I want to, like, go all out. I'm, mm-hmm. like, really excited to have a party like that soon. Yeah. Because when we lived together and we had, like, our office party – Oh, that was really that cool. That we fully decorated – we had like the snacks, we had the drinks. Mm-hmm. There was a stapler in Jello, y'all. And it, it fell apart immediately. Mm-hmm. That shit is hard to do. <laughs> yeah, I think if it was well, I wasn't there in the jello making process, but I think the jello mm-hmm. needed to be like on ice or something because it melted. Well, the problem is is like when I was taking it, first of all, I should have made it in a smaller bowl. Mm. I made it in like way too big of a bowl. So then when I had to flip it over, there was so much space between the jello and like the plate that it had to hit. Oh. When it hit the plate, it like split immediately. Oh no. And then it just disintegrated throughout the evening. And also people were like eating it. So, you know, yeah. It, yeah. it was all over the place. If we do that again, we'll just get a jello mold. Exactly. Yeah. There are certain things, you know, when you grow up, you realize. Yeah, it's better to use parchment paper when you're baking something. Yes. Or sometimes it's worth it to just buy a jello mold or yeah. a lemon squeezer. Yeah, exactly. Take notes. Living you learn. 
So back back to the scene, focusing in, dialing in. <laughs> Nick goes inside to get some champagne. Ooh. And Annie's like, why? And Meredith's like, to celebrate your homecoming, of course. So Meredith then gets a phone call from a reverend, at, and she says, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, Mr. Parker's going to be out of the country at the time, but I'll be sure to tell him. I'm writing this all down. I think this is a reference to the first parent trap. Oh, is this it? This character of the reverend. I think it's like Reverend Mosby. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So after she hangs up, Annie's like, my father's going out of town. And Meredith is like, oh, no, I just had to tell a little lie to get him out of something. To a reverend. Anyways, like, tell me about camp. I've never heard a man talk about his daughter the way that Nikki talks about you. And Annie is like, yeah, we're close. We're we're closer than close. We're all each other have. And she then jumps into the pool, does a cannonball, splashes Meredith. And she's like, it's fine. And then lets Annie know that last week her father took Meredith riding and she let her ride Hallie's horse. Petty, petty. Yeah. And Annie's like, oh, that's no problem. Sprout is used to strange women riding him. I mean, not that you're strange. It's just, you know, you're number 29 and he has the whole routine down. Moonlight swims, his special reserve label, you know, the whole shebang. And then Nick comes back in. He's like, here's a bottle from my special reserve label. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, at Annie's house, Hallie gets a call. And Martin answers the phone and he's like, it sounds just like your twin. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Hallie hops into the closet to take the call. She tells Annie that mom is amazing and Hallie tells her – shit. Annie tells her that dad has fallen in love and she needs to get her ass out here immediately, bring mom, SOS. Mm -hmm. So Hallie's in disbelief and Annie's like – He's serious about this one. And Hallie tells her to break them up. So because Hallie wants more time with mom, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to go back. Cute, though. Mm -hmm. And finds a candy in one of the <laughs> coat pockets and starts rustling it. Like, she really blows off her sister. <laughs> so resourceful. That's just how Hallie is. So when she crawls out of the closet, she sees Martin – Elizabeth and her grandfather standing there. She's like, oh, uh, it's a camp tradition to talk to your friends inside a closet. <laughs> Breakfast, anyone? <laughs> so then we go back to Napa where Chessie has made a three-course breakfast. We're talking eggs, sausage, bacon, toast, pancakes. Yeah, oh, those that stack of chocolate chip pancakes oh, always looks so good every time I watch this movie. But Annie is like not interested in eating it and chessie's like again like last night you barely touched your chili and you're still not hungry like are you okay yeah what is that is it just because she's like nervous and she's like in a new country well i think it's just because hallie has like a huge appetite and annie doesn't i think it's just like gotcha. different personalities yeah so chessie then lets annie know that her father left with meredith this morning and he didn't want to wake her since she slept in and she says that she would also have overslept if she, too, were making mysterious midnight phone calls in her bathroom. Ooh. 
And Annie's like, yeah, I was calling my friend from camp and, you know, the the time difference. She lives in New York. And Chessie's like, okay, so you want to call her when it was convenient for her, which is three in the morning, hmm. bitch. <laughs> and Annie's like, actually, she's on vacation with her family in uh, Bora Bora. So it was seven o'clock her time. And Chessie's like, mm-hmm. Just say Likely you're calling story. someone in Wales. Any yeah. other country in the UK would have been great. Be like, my Italian friend from camp. Oh, yeah. My Spanish friend, Carmen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she then tells Annie that her father wants to see her in his office as soon as she's done with breakfast. So Annie takes one bite of toast and is like, okay, I'm done, and runs off. Sammy the dog is barking at her again because he's like, you're a stranger. Annie tries to open the French doors, but she is pulling when she's supposed to push. So mm-hmm. Chessie is like, Classic mistake. what in the invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> is going on with this child? Oh my gosh. In the cellar, Nick talks to Annie. He says that he wants to tell her about Meredith. And Annie's like, I want to talk about my mom. Okay, segue. <laughs> She's like, I'm almost 12, and we haven't really talked about her. You know, I need a mother. And Nick says that she's right, which brings him to Meredith and pulls up in a golf cart with her assistant, Richard. She's like, Nick, have you told her yet? And suggests they all have lunch on the terrace. But Nick says he promised Hallie that they would hang out this afternoon. And Meredith is like, oh, no worries at all. I'm working on a new label design featuring Y-O-U. <laughs> and she drives off with Richard. And in the golf cart, she's like, first change I make is send that two-faced little brat off to boarding school in Timbuktu. And he's like, ooh, ice woman. Proud of it, babe. It's such <laughs> good so good. Banter. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's, yeah, just top tier. Yeah. So then we go to the vineyard where Annie and Nick are riding horses. And he asks if she's excited about their annual camping trip that's coming up before school. He then asks what she thinks about Meredith. And Annie's like, well, she's cute, nice hair, good teeth, can spell the word you. But honestly, Dad, she's a total stranger. Yes. And Nick is like, well, that's why. And she's like, race you back to the ranch, dad, and zips off. Yeah, she's not into that next sentence. Yeah. So back at the house, Annie runs in and she's freaking out. Um, she's talking about how she's in over her head and can't handle it. Chessie turns around in her chair, okay? Yeah. Scares the shit out of her. Um, she's like, do you have something to share with the class? And Annie is like, oh, you gave me a fright. Chessie's like, bitch, what? (laughs) I gave you a fright? Yes. (laughs) You want to tell me about anything? Like why Sammy hates you and your appetite has changed? Mm -hmm. And Annie's like, you know, I've changed a lot over the summer. And Chessie is like, if I didn't know any better, it's almost as if you were, forget it. It's impossible. Almost as if I were. Annie. (gasps) Chessie stops dead in her tracks. You know about Annie? And Annie goes, actually, I am Annie. (gasps) 
And Chessie immediately starts crying. Aww. It's honestly a great moment. Like the actress that plays Chessie is amazing. So yeah. good in this scene. So Nick comes in and he's like, How? Why did you take off like that? And sees Chessie crying. And he's like, Chessie, why are you looking at her like that? You're about to steal my fucking daughter. <laughs> She's like, I'm I'm not looking at her like anything. I'm looking at her like I've looked at her for the past eleven years. Since the day she came home from the hospital, six pounds, 21 inches long, this big, look at her. And she's like, can I hug her? And just like grabs Annie and starts hugging her. And she's like, oh, she's so beautiful and so big. And Nick is like, what the fuck is going on with the women in my life right now? So she's like, you know what? Are you hungry? Do you want something to eat? I'm going to make you something special. What do you want? You know what? Doesn't matter. I'm just going to whip up everything that we have. <laughs> She's so charming and endearing. Yeah. I love her so much. I saw a TikTok that was like, if you're not dressing like Chessie from The Parent Trap this summer, what are what you doing? What are you doing? Her fits go off in this movie. A nice linen top, mm-hmm. a cute little pair of earrings, an updo, mm-hmm. the updo and the thin sunglasses. Yes. The renaissance is here, people. Oh, yeah. The big giant claw clip updo. Have I been wearing that all summer long? You bet your ass. Yes. You <laughs> bet I put that little jade clip in my hair, mm-hmm. twist it around, wear my little Y2K crop top, okay, and a little Absolutely. vintage American apparel. Mm-hmm. That's just the fit of the summer, people. So, yeah, exactly. So, Nick finally gets to sit down with Annie and asks what she thinks about making Mare a part of their family. Annie's like, It's a dream come true. I've always wanted a sister. I think adopting Mare would be just so sweet. And he's like, What twisted little game. <laughs> He tells her that he wants to marry Meredith. And I'm like, you don't want to. You already proposed, number one. You're not even asking. Yeah. Nick Parker and Roger Calloway, we need to sit down and have a fucking talk. Because you single dads cannot just be out here proposing to women that you barely know without consulting your daughter. You're literally, I'm going to blow your mind right now. This is the premise of Michael's life. On The Bachelorette right now. (laughs) I'm going to throw up. Why would you say that to me? (laughs) You single dads out there. Fuck. God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so upset because I love Michael so much. I love him too. I think he's lovely. (laughs) Okay. To be fair... If Michael makes it to hometowns, they will get to meet hometowns. Yes. But it is very similar. Yeah. It is very similar. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) And Annie is off her rocker. She starts cursing in French and says that she learned it from a girl at camp. You could take this one if you'd like. Oh, my gosh. I bust out my French. Um (laughs) Mais du plaisant, j'espère. Meredith, ce n'est pas une fille pour toi, mais c'est pas possible, je rêve. Which, to translate, is, I hope you're joking. Meredith is not the girl for you. It's impossible. I'm dreaming. Mm. Wow, I can't believe I just translated yeah. that on the fly. <laughs> Good for you. Did you translate this originally, or did you look 
up what she said. No, I just wrote down what she said. Oh, shit. I had no idea. (laughs) I thought she was saying, like, fuck this bitch. No, no. Very PG. Yeah. So he asked her to slow down, and she's like, you know, we can discuss this like rational adults, but ends up telling him bluntly that this would ruin everything. So Annie ends up going back to her room. Meredith rolls up in her convertible. Very cute. Yeah. Nick sits on the patio, just absolutely dumbfounded. She's like, Nikki, what's wrong? And like sits in his lap and like is trying to comfort him. And he's like, I think I could use a drink. And she's like, martini, perfect. So she pulls out a little bell and rings it to get Chessie's attention. Chessie comes out and is like, you rang? Meredith orders two martinis and a double for Mr. Parker. And Chessie just looks at him like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, please, I have a migraine. So she goes and does it. He tells Meredith that he told Hallie. She immediately started cursing in French. Obviously, it didn't go well. And Meredith's like, you know what? Let me go talk to Hallie, woman to woman. And he's like, I don't know. I think she's a little sensitive right now. But Meredith says that's why she has to do it. They have to break the ice sometime. She then unbuttons his shirt and says that she likes it when she can see a little chest hair. Same girl. Can't blame her. Outside, Annie is sitting on the swing and Meredith finds her. She comes over, sits down, and she's like, I remember what it was like to be 11. That's when I had my first boyfriend. You're just starting to be a woman and soon you'll understand being in love. Meredith says that it's a fantastic mystery. (laughs) All right, Meredith. And Annie cuts her off. She's like, I know what mystery my dad sees in you. Uh, You're young and beautiful and sexy, but marriage is supposed to be based on something more than just sex, right? I remember being like, oh my God, this 11-year-old just said the word sex. Like when I was a kid watching this, I was like, oh my God. Illegal. (laughs) Meredith says that Nick underestimates Annie, but Annie says she knows Meredith won't. Yeah. And then Meredith says, I love this line, (laughs) being young and beautiful is not a crime, you know? And for your 411, I adore your father. He's exactly the kind of man I always planned on marrying. This is the real deal, honey, and nothing you do is going to come between us. Hate to break it to you, Angel, but you are no longer the only girl in Nick Parker's life. Get over it. (laughs) The light touch of Meredith. (laughs) Yeah. So Annie's like, okay, if this is the real deal then his money has nothing to do with it, right? And I'm like, again, why are we pretending like Nick Parker is not a huge catch outside of his money? I don't get that. But whatever. So Meredith says that she's marrying her father in two weeks, whether she likes it or not. Mm -hmm. So she suggests not to tangle with her anymore. Is that clear? And Annie says, Crystal. Boom. They're so well matched. I love the, the back and forth between the two of them. Yeah, it's really good. So back in London town, Hallie is at dinner with her mom and she tries a sip of wine. Bold. Yeah. Um, And she's like, if you ask me, the bouquet is a little too robust for a Merlot. But then again, I'm partial to the softer California grape. I Okay, sommelier. I'm going to steal that line. I'm going to steal 
that line the next time I have a Merlot that's not from California. I'm going to see if anyone fucking recognizes this <laughs> iconic moment. I love that. So Hallie sees the 911 fax behind Martin's back from Annie. And she – excuse. yeah, he has literally a fax from Hallie. Yeah. From Annie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she excuses herself. She runs down to the payphone. Annie picks up and Annie's like, dad is getting married. The wedding is in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Mayday alert. So they realize if there's any hope of getting their parents back together, they have to do it now. So Hallie is like, okay, we're going to the theater tonight. So I'll drop the bomb first thing in the morning. She then hangs up, exits the payphone booth and bumps into a man. And she's like, excuse me. And then realizes it's her grandfather. Whoops. And he's like, let's take a little stroll in the park and you can tell me the whole story of what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. Back at the house in London, Hallie stands outside of Elizabeth's door and her grandpa is like, go inside, tell her the truth. So she walks in and her mother's like, oh, I just have to finish this sketch and then we can go out to lunch and spend the rest of the day getting lost in Harrods. Oh my God. What a dream Dream day. day. Yeah. So Hallie says she can't because she has to be somewhere this evening. And Liz is like, exactly where do you have to be tonight? And she says that she has to meet Annie. Okay. And where exactly is Annie? And Hallie's like in California with her father, Nick Parker. Boom, boom. And Elizabeth is like, what the fuck? So she, you know, tells her the story of how her and Annie met at camp mm-hmm. and they switched places because she just always wanted to meet Elizabeth her whole life. And she hopes that one day she can love her for her and not as Annie. Oh, she does. Yeah. And Elizabeth's like, of course I love you. And they hug and they cry. And um, Hallie is like, I guess you have to switch us back now. And Elizabeth says that technically she belongs to her father and Annie belongs to her, which is dumb. Fucking insane. Nonsensical. Insanity. Don't ever do this. If anyone ever does, don't ever do this. (laughs) Never do this to your children. If anyone ever, don't do it. Do not do it. Do you hear me? Don't even, don't even think it. Don't even let the thought. (laughs) Yeah. So Hallie says that this is a bogus arrangement. Hard agree. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth's like, yeah, it totally sucks. And they decide to fly to Napa so they can, you know, switch the girls back. And Elizabeth's like, don't worry about anything. I'll handle it all. We also see Martin crying in the doorway because he also is very happy to be seeing Hallie, Mm -hmm. very much like Chessie's reaction. So crisis mode. (laughs) Elizabeth is packing. She's smoking a cigarette, has a roller in her hair, sunglasses. It's an iconic ass look right now. Yeah. And Elizabeth is having a major freak out to Martin. She's like, I haven't spoken to Nick in 11 years. Now I'm flying across the world. And if he didn't make me so nuts, I'd still be married to him. Look at me, Martin. Have you ever seen me like this? Don't answer that. What if he doesn't (laughs) recognize me? No, don't answer that either. She is having a meltdown. Absolutely. So she talks about how 
Nick Parker was rather dishy back in the day, and he had a smile that made her go weak at the knees. And I'm like, I understand fully. Back in the day, right now, sister. Yeah, today. Today. (laughs) Today is that day. (laughs) So Hallie comes in to check on Elizabeth, and she's like, yeah, I talked to my dad. He's really anxious to see you, like, in an excited way. Liza Minnelli. And he'll meet us tomorrow at the hotel in San Francisco. You are just ambushing this poor woman. Hallie heads out. Martin calls her a liar. And Elizabeth then asks Martin if he would be willing to come on the trip as moral support for her. Like, doesn't he have to be their butler, just a friend? And he's like, of course. And may I suggest, as a friend, that if I were seeing my ex after 11 years and I had your legs... I'd wear this little baby and pulls out the gorgeous little black dress that she wears later. Mm -hmm. One thing that I noticed because I made like a TikTok of Elizabeth James a couple weeks ago and she exclusively wears like creams, whites, very, very neutral tones. The only time she wears color is when she's with Nick. She wears the little black dress and then in California, she wears those like blue button downs and stuff. Wow. Wow, good job, costume designer. Yes. In San Francisco at the hotel, Meredith is with her parents, and she tells her father to be nice to Nick and says that he's everything he's ever wanted for her, plus millions more. (laughs) And he's like, of course I'll be nice. Like, you know I'll be nice then, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nick pulls up with Hallie, Chessie, and the dog. What? (laughs) At the Stafford. (laughs) Meredith is not too happy, but Chessie asks if these are her folks, and Meredith introduces them. And Vicky, her mother, talks to Annie, and she's like, Hello, pet. You can call me Aunt Vicky. Super grating. Um, <laughs> she played the character of Vicky in the original Parent Trap, which was like the evil girlfriend character. So mm-hmm. it's cool to have that little callback. Meanwhile... The James crew rolls up to the hotel. Elizabeth is fucking wasted. Still throwing back those little airplane vodka bottles, which apparently she's never even had before this trip. So she's feeling great. Back in the lobby, we see Meredith talking about how one of the event rooms at this hotel would be perfect for their wedding. And they should all freshen up and meet for lunch in 10 by the pool. When it's just her and Nick, she's like, Nikki, we should go check out the honeymoon suite. Whoa. Then we see the James crew. They are getting into the elevator when Elizabeth stays behind because she forgot her bag at the front desk. Mm -hmm. So Sammy is following Hallie's scent and runs into the elevator with them. Then Elizabeth sees Annie thinking that she's Hallie and tells her to just go up to the room and she drunkenly walks off. So Annie tells Chessie that her mom has never had more than a glass of wine in her entire life. Chessie's like, just go upstairs. Um, Meredith and Nick are having a moment, <laughs> and they head into the elevator together where she's like kissing her his neck. And then as the doors are closing, Nick sees Elizabeth. Elizabeth sees Nick. And we get this moment where he is like infinitely craning his neck as the door of the elevator Mm. closes because he's so shook that he's seeing Elizabeth for the first time. And she like 
waves for a second as the drawers close. Yeah, this is actually a reference to a really old Cary Grant movie called My Favorite Wife. And it's basically like the plot is this man, he's married, his wife gets lost at sea, Mm. she's declared dead, years later he remarries. Turns out his wife actually did not die. She survived. This man is on his honeymoon with his new wife, is in the elevator with his new wife just like this, sees his wife who he thought was dead – outside the elevator and he leans to look as like the elevator doors closing it's a direct reference to that movie which i always thought was really cool do we know why she why he didn't know that she was alive everyone just thought she was dead she was like marooned on an island for like years oh my god and she didn't contact him though when she made it back well she like had just gotten back and was like where is he and they were like he's at this hotel whoa went and (laughs) yeah pretty wild absolutely So, obviously, Elizabeth has a little bit of a meltdown from this moment. She goes upstairs where she is met by both of her daughters. And she's like, oh, my God, Annie, haven't seen you in so long. Mm -hmm. They reunite. And Chessie brings them all into the hotel room. So, Chessie starts to reintroduce herself. But Elizabeth is like, of course, Chessie. Like, it's so good to see you. And Chessie's like, I always knew I liked her. And I'm like, yes, I love that. So Elizabeth sits the girls down and confronts them about the fact that they lied to her, saying that Nick knew she was coming because she just saw him in the elevator. And he looked at her like the, I think she says, the bloody ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) (laughs) And all she could do was wave like a mindless idiot. She lies down and Annie goes to get like a cold cloth for her head. She is like just spiraling about this whole situation. Yeah. And in the midst of this turmoil, Martin strolls in wearing his little blue Speedo and runs- Teeny tiny. Yeah. (laughs) He is quite fit though. Yes, definitely. And he runs into Chessie and oh my gosh. And the gayest straight relationship that has ever seen the light of day was born. (laughs) And they try to um, they try to fucking leave. That's what they try to do. And Elizabeth yeah. is like, what's going on here? So the girls finally tell her about the Meredith situation and how they want her to be with him. But Elizabeth immediately puts a stop to it. Okay, let me say this loud and clear. That's not even her accent, motherfucker. <laughs> She's just like, okay. Let me say this loud and clear. Nick Parker and I have nothing in common anymore. Plus, in case you haven't noticed, he seems extremely content with his leggy, long-haired, tight-skirted fiancé. I want the two of you to explain to your father that I am here for one purpose only, and that's to switch the two of you back. Now, let's do what we have to do and be done with it. Understood? So then Nick also spiraling because he's just in his ex-wife uh stops annie in the hallway and is like can you keep an eye out for meredith like keep her company keep her busy mm-hmm. i got something to do by the way how do i look and she's like Hi. you look fab dad looking fab <laughs> so downstairs in the lobby he runs into hallie and he's like what i thought you were going to look for meredith and she's like yeah totally yeah i'm just going to look for her now. <laughs> Great to see you, Dad, because she hasn't seen him in like two months. 
So that's when Meredith comes out of the elevator and asks Hallie where Nick is. Hallie, of course, has no idea who this woman is because she's never met Meredith, yeah. but catches on very quickly. And she's like, oh, Meredith. Uh, yeah, he went that way. And she sizes her up. Mm-hmm. And Meredith is like, what are you staring at? And Hallie's like, nothing, nothing. You're just really very pretty. That's all. And Meredith's like, please don't start acting nice to me now and leaves. And where does she go? The bar. Who do we see at the Mm. bar? Elizabeth. Fucked up. Fucking face down on the bar. Hangover central. (laughs) Yes. A midday hangover. Uh, Oof. The worst. So the bartender gives her this tonic. It looks like tomato juice. He's like, don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask me what's in it, but this will cure any hangover you got. So she cheers his to Meredith and that her life be far less complicated than hers. And she chugs this nasty concoction. Meredith is taken aback by her demeanor. And then she hears Elizabeth burp. So on top of that, she's like double disgusted and asks for a martini. Then the bartender gives um, Liz her check and Meredith sees the check for Elizabeth James. She's like, I fell in love with the dress that you made for Vogue. I wanted one just like it. Da-da-da. It's fate that I'm meeting you here. Mm-hmm. And now she wants to be a best friend. Meanwhile, at the pool, Nick is frantically looking around for Elizabeth. Uh, he ends up getting caught up in a conversation with Meredith's parents when he looks over and sees the gorgeous sophisticated Elizabeth James coming down the steps Mm -hmm. in her cute, like all white dress and jacket. He is stunned. He immediately makes a beeline for her. So unaware of his surroundings, he like trips over a table, knocks into a waiter and falls into the pool. Elizabeth walks down to meet him. He gets out dripping wet. They say hello to each other. And he's like, is there something going on that I should know about? Because I'm stunned to see you, but you don't seem stunned to see me. And that's when Annie pops up and she's like, actually, dad, um, I'm not Hallie and this is my mother. Yikes. (laughs) And Hallie comes out and she's like, hey, dad, what's up? Hallie explains to him that they met each other at good old Camp Walden. And of course, they wanted to see what the other parent was like. Nick is beyond excited to see Annie. I'm like, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like, I'm quite grown up now, but I'm quite without a father. Like pulling at the heartstrings immediately. Mm -hmm. And Hallie says that she's heading into her crazy mixed up teenage years and she'll be the only one without a mother to fight with. Nick realizes that Hallie has been in London this whole time They hug, Mm -hmm. and Hallie says that mom is amazing. She doesn't know how we let her go. They're really trying here. They're like, we can (laughs) get our divorced parents back together. Absolutely. So Nick and Elizabeth have a little alone time to chat. She notices the cut, the wound, the bleeding wound on his forehead (laughs) because of his fall into the pool. Gets a first aid kit and tends to it. 
He asks if people still call her Lizzie and like asks how she's been, says that she hasn't changed at all. Like the sparks are flying. Bang, bam, the bang. eye contact is being had. Mm-hmm. The physical touch is present. Definitely. That's when Meredith walks up and she's like, oh, good. You've met, sweetheart. Elizabeth designs wedding gowns. Wait, how do you two know each other? How did you meet? And Nikki, why are you all wet? Ooh. Nick is like, you're designing her wedding dress? And (laughs) Meredith is like, am I missing something? And Nick is like, well, it's a small world. That's when the two twins stroll up. Meredith freaks the fuck out. Nick is like, did I ever mention that Hallie was a twin? And uh, she's like, no, you forgot that little detail. Mm -hmm. And Hallie is like, don't worry, Mary. He never mentioned it to me either. By the way, I'm Hallie. And this is our mother, Elizabeth James. And Meredith is like, oh my God, what a coincidence that we're all here at the same hotel on the same weekend. (laughs) How sweet. And she's like, I'm going to fucking burn this place to the ground. (laughs) That is the look she is giving. Yeah. So in the lobby, the Parker James crew meets downstairs. Nick asks Hallie, where they're going, what they're doing. And Hallie's like, it's a surprise. Elizabeth comes out looking gorgeous in her mm. black dress, very classy. And Nick is like, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> so they all arrive at this pier where the girls point out this beautiful yacht where they will be having dinner thanks to – a small loan from grandfather. <laughs> a small loan from the first bank of grandpapa. Yes, yes. On the yacht, they head into this gorgeous cabin with a dinner table set for two. The girls inform them that they're not joining them for dinner. So, Elizabeth. Surprise, it's a date. <laughs> Here's a date, mom and dad. You're divorced. Chessie and Martin come out and they're in this like crew get up. And say that they'll be their server and sommelier for the evening. Martin offers them some wine. He's like, maybe you'll get tipsy enough to not fire us for what we're doing now. (laughs) Yeah. And Annie turns on some mood music. (laughs) Some mood music. (laughs) Some mood music. Oh, I'm not familiar with this artist. Do you know? Oh, yeah. Linda Ronstadt. Mm -hmm. It's like the... I love you for sentimental reasons. It's like very <laughs> wow. They lay it on thick. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. So yeah. the girls head out, and Nick is like, "Oh, they're recreating the night we met." Yeah, they have the little like Queen Elizabeth II, uh, like life. What what is that called? Life preserver. Life preserver. Yes. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. What's the thing called? <laughs> Someone's listening just and like screaming it at us. <laughs> I think it's a preserver, a life preserver. Because what's the vest called? Life jacket. That's a life jacket. This is a life preserver. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. No. Wait. Because if I Google life preserver, life jackets come up. Hang on. Damn it. <laughs> ring. Life Search life row rings. No, that's what they're called. Apparently, search life ring boat. It says there are a couple of different options: a life buoy, ring buoy, life ring, lifesaver, life donut, life preserver, 
or life belt, also known as a Kisby ring, a Perry buoy, or a life saving buoy. I think it's a lifesaver because the candy lifesaver is yes, named, is the shape. At least yeah. in our regional dialect, mm-hmm. I would call it a lifesaver or a life preserver. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming to our <laughs> TED Talk. The etymology. <laughs> they have one of those on the wall. Yeah. And they have like a little champagne toast to their daughters. The girls are peeking through the window. And Nick says that sometime, if they're ever really alone, they should talk about what happened between them. Mm. I'm like, you're engaged. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, because it ended so fast. And she says, it started so fast. He's like, well, that I remember perfectly. And I'm like, oh, my God. The moves on these two. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Chessie and Martin are deciding what they're going to serve next. And they have a little, like, moment where they're squished up against each other in the hallway. And they're like, Uh, oh, my God. At dinner, they talk about how their dreams came true. Nick owns a vineyard. And Elizabeth has a successful wedding dress company. So Liz asks about the girls and sharing them for half the year. Chassie's like right over their shoulder being like, oh, mm, you can't do that. Yeah. And Liz suggests keeping them both for a whole year, for half a year. Nick is like, this is why we came up with the solution we have. Ter- terrible. It's terrible not a solution. solution. It's more of a dilemma. So yeah. Liz is like, hmm. I think it's actually because we agreed to never see each other again. I'm like, yes, this agreement was born out of pettiness. Mm -hmm. Arguably one of the most petty agreements I've ever seen. Yeah. So he then reminds her that she was the one who packed her bags and left. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did throw that hairdryer at you. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. (laughs) And he asks her why she packed that day and she says that they were both so young Uh, and they had tempers and they said stupid things so she packed and flew home and he didn't come after her devastating this is why communication is important people you gotta tell people how you're feeling yeah and he's like i didn't know that you wanted me to and she says that it doesn't matter now let's just put on a good face for the girls and get the show on the road so Liz and Nick check out of the hotel, and Nick agrees to send Hallie to London for Christmas, and Liz says that Annie will spend Easter with him. The girls come downstairs in matching fits, and Elizabeth is like, what are you wearing? We're about to get on the plane. And I'm like, you can wear this outfit on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, she's not in a two-piece set, but like, damn. People wear that. Yeah. Sorry she's not in a full tuxedo to get on this plane. For real. (laughs) And Nick is like, this isn't funny. Liz calls out for Annie and they're both like, yes. They keep switching accents back and forth. So Nick sizes him up, takes a good look, and he's like, this one's Hallie. I know it. And she's like, well, I sure hope you're right, Dad. Would hate to send the wrong girl all the way to London. And the other one's like, yeah, sure would. So they then propose their plan, which is that they all go back to Napa together, Mm -hmm. pack their bags, and all four of them go on the camping trip together. And after they get back, they'll tell them who's who. And Liz goes, or you do as I say, and I take one of you back to London with me, whether you like it or not. So what happens? 
They go camping. Yes, they do. And Meredith is in a tissy. She's like, what am I supposed to do for three days? Sit home and knit. And (laughs) (laughs) great, great line. Yeah. She's just like pissed off and ranting about this whole situation. Only made worse when she realizes that Liz will be accompanying Nick and the girls. Mm -hmm. Liz comes down the stairs and Meredith is just like, I'm not okay with this. And Elizabeth is like, I absolutely agree. You know, it's not appropriate for um, an ex-wife to be sleeping, just one sleeping back over. I insist that you come with us. And Sneaky, uh, sneaky. Literally no one wants this. <laughs> Meredith doesn't yeah. want it. The girls don't want it. Nick doesn't want it. Yeah. So they they all get into the Jeep. Meredith is in her little getup, has her little tiny black Prada backpack. <laughs> and suddenly Elizabeth is no longer in the vehicle. She's like, I've decided to stay home so that Meredith and Nick can have more time alone. And Meredith is like, well, if you're not going, I certainly do not need to be <laughs> yeah. in the car right now. And Liz is like, no, you have to go. This is your opportunity to really get to know the girls before the wedding. Nick is like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so the girls, Nick and Miss Blake, are all hiking through some rocky terrain, trying to get to the lake, you know, to set up their campsite. Meredith is just absolutely hating life. She sits down to take a rest. So Annie immediately starts putting rocks in her backpack. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. Yeah. And then spots this tiny little lizard and puts it on her water bottle. Meredith takes a sip. She screams and tosses the bottle. And Nick is like, what's going – like, it's not going to hurt you. And she's like, ha, ha, like, I know, silly. Why don't you go riot ahead? So he heads off, and she is, like, just complaining and screaming about how gross that lizard is. And she's like, just put it down. And Annie's like, okay, I'll put it down. So she puts it in her hair. Oh, right. And Nick is like, girls – Make sure you help Meredith. She's not used to camping. And they're like, yeah, no problem. Like, we'll help you out, Mare. And she's like, sure, you'll help me. Over a cliff, you'll help me. Pretty funny. <laughs> so good. She has so many good lines. So Meredith tells the girls that she can see right through them. And one more trick, she'll make their lives miserable from the day she says, I do. And Hallie with the attitude says, <laughs> got it, Cruella. She's like, Oof. what did you just say? And she's like, nothing. Walks Cruella. away. Cruella, yeah. <laughs> Annie says that there's something on her head and it's the lizard. She freaks out. She's like, ah. And it climbs down her face into her mouth. <laughs> nasty, nasty. So she spits it out. She's having a crisis. Nick turns around. He's like, what happened? And she's just like, gasping and like ask them yeah so that night they have set up their campsite they're eating dinner they're having trout which meredith refuses to eat because she doesn't eat trout okay and she says she's gonna wait for breakfast instead which of course will be more trout Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. meredith is then getting eaten alive by mosquitoes And Nick is like, well, what is this, like, solution that you're dousing yourself with? (laughs) Takes a little whiff of it. It's sugar water, courtesy of the twins. 
And Meredith's like, okay, that's it. I'm going to take one large sleeping pill and go to bed. And on her way to the tent, she starts like clanging these sticks around to scare off the mountain lions. Another lie from the twins. And her way of getting revenge is by going up and making out with their father as like a fuck you. (laughs) It's a pretty good revenge. It's nasty, but yeah, they hated it. Yeah. So then she goes into the tent and Nick tells the girls to lay off. Camping isn't her thing. Just cool it. That night, by cooling it, Annie and Hallie understand (laughs) that they must now sneak into Meredith's tent, um, drag her air mattress out onto the lake and leave her there. So that's what they do. And they're like, sweet dreams, mommy dearest. Attempted murder. You could, someone could die. Like if she was asleep and rolled over and fell into the water, she could drown. Absolutely. But yeah, in the morning, Meredith wakes up. She has not drowned in her sleep. That's good at least. She wakes up because a bird is pecking her and she realizes that she is literally in the middle of this lake, screams for Nikki and trying to stand on her air mattress falls into the water. Nick sees this happen and he's like, oh boy. So Meredith swims ashore, marches right up to him, kicks the kettle, and she's like, listen up, buddy. The day that we get married is the day I ship those brats off to Switzerland. It's me or them. And he looks over at the girls and is like, them, obviously. Meredith immediately starts screaming. Clearly, the camping trip is wrapped up. Yeah. So Nick and the girls drive back to Napa and they fill in Liz on the whole situation, how the girls are grounded and how Meredith threw her engagement ring at his head. Uh, So Liz is like, oh my God, this is all my fault. And he says that she tricked her (laughs) into it like mother, like daughters (laughs) Absolutely, she did. Yes. So they all apologize, and he sends the girls to their room and tells Liz that he'll have to thank them one day. Absolutely. he clearly (laughs) didn't want to marry her. Yeah. Nick asks where Chessie is, and it turns out that her and Martin went on a picnic yesterday. Yesterday. Insane. So Nick is like, you know, I can whip up something for us. And he's like, yeah, maybe I can make some pasta. Or pasta? What about a little pasta? We love a man who cooks. <laughs> Ladies. Get yourself a man that can throw noodles into boiling water. I will say that men certainly have their, like, I have one signature dish. Yes. Yep. And that's it. That's it. So after dinner, Nick has put on, like, a nice little black button down, looking mm. very fine, checks himself out in the mirror, And Hallie and Annie are like, oh, dad, you look nice. And he's like, good night, girls. (laughs) So what does he do? He takes this gorgeous woman down to his personal wine cellar. Oh, my God. And explains that not only does he own a vineyard and make his own wine, but in fact, he owns a wine collection. He shows her a 1921 Burgundy. And says that the rain that year made the best burgundy ever harvested. So sexy. Like, I, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I'm unwell. I'm unwell. Then he shows yeah. her an even older bottle. Then a bottle from his parents' wedding. 
And finally, the wine that they drank at their wedding. In fact, he has every bottle ever made. Literally the hottest thing I've ever heard. Literally the hottest thing I've ever heard. It's insane. The way he's, he, he just has this like deep, like quiet tone. He's like, this one took me years to track down. It's the bottle we drank at our wedding. I'm like, uh, oh my god, you are seducing me. I'm I'm being seduced right now. To seduce. <laughs> yeah. So Liz is obviously in the same boat as or us. Like, I'm, I'm like blushing and yeah. flustered. <laughs> She's taken aback and she asks if they can open one. And he's like, Well, you're the only one I drink it with. <gasps> oh my god. Just Makes you wonder why the fuck he didn't open his goddamn mouth in the past 10 years. Call the girl up. Be like, hey. Mistakes were made. You know, we said some things. We threw some things. We made a terrible decision in terms of how we're raising our daughters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. Yes. So Liz starts to tear up a bit. And he asks if she's okay. And she's like, oh, it's just some dust. And he offers to, like, get it. And she's like, no, it's fine. All better. And just fully... Seeing through her facade, he's uh, like, you know, you don't always have to put on a brave face. And she's like, but I do, actually. And they are just millimeters away from kissing. It's about to happen when they hear Chessie's car pull up. And Nick says that she has a key, but Liz pulls back. And there's actually this really beautiful shot as she's stepping away from him and just her eyes are lit and, like, you can just see, like, this sparkly tears in her eyes. It's really gorgeous. And uh, Chessie calls out, seeing if anyone's home. And Nick is like, we'll be right up. And they head upstairs, and he puts away the wine. So the next day, Nick hugs Annie goodbye, and Liz hugs Hallie. And the girls hug each other. Raining. It's, like, a super dreary day. Mm-hmm. So Nick tells Liz to take care of herself and... Um, kisses her goodbye on the cheek and just watches as she gets into the car and him and Chessie and Hallie watches it drives away. When you watch this with subtitles on Disney Plus, it says melancholy music. Wow. True. (laughs) Yeah. Truly. So back in London, Elizabeth and Annie are in the cab on the way home. Annie is crying. It's also pouring rain there too, of course. They finally arrive back at the home. They call out for grandfather. So Liz goes to check the study where she sees like the newspaper propped up on the table. And she's like, hey, stranger, the newspaper comes down and who's behind it? It's Miss Hallie Parker. No way. And she's like, hey, mom, did you know that the Concord can get you to London in half the time? And Elizabeth's like, yeah, I I did hear that. And Hallie explains that it took them about 30 seconds after they left to realize that they didn't want to lose them again. So Liz asks who we is, and Nick Parker walks out and says that he won't make the same mistake of losing her again, no matter how brave she is. Elizabeth James has this beautiful line, and I suppose you just expect me to go weak at the knees and fall into your arms and cry hysterically and say, we'll just figure this whole thing out, a bicontinental relationship with our daughters being raised here and there, and you and I just picking up where we left off and growing old together. Come on, Nick. What do you expect? To live happily ever after? 
And Nick says, yes, and holds her face, except she doesn't have to cry hysterically. And she says, oh, yes, I do. And they kiss. It's really, like, passionate and, like, romantic. And, like. It's so romantic. Oh, my gosh. And Hallie is, like, we did it. We actually did it. It's shocking. Yeah. To be clear. 100%. And then we hear, this will be amazing outro song. Mm -hmm. We see Nick and Elizabeth got remarried on the QE2. Uh, We see all these like great shots of their wedding. We see Martin and Chessie get engaged. Like cute pictures, cutting the cake. Just adorable as the credits roll. And that is the parent trap. Uh, A really fun jaunt. Yeah. Highly recommend as a summer movie. Definitely. Yeah, it just gets you in the mood. You can't look away. Mm -hmm. There's so much like literal camp and camp as a concept. Yes. It's a late 90s movie. Yeah. The performances are stellar across the board. Like there's really not one weak link, which is always – you know, hard to do, especially with child actors. You never know. But as we have said many times, Lindsay can carry her own like no other. Mm-hmm. It was interesting watching it again because I haven't seen it in like a little bit. And I definitely was paying a lot more attention to the adult relationship. Similarly, like I yeah. did with It Takes Two watching it now. And um, yeah, I guess I just never really realized just – how in love I am with Nick Parker. That has been a huge discovery in this rewatch and how desperately I want to be Elizabeth James. Like one of the most aspirational women I've ever seen in a movie. Like she's just so sophisticated, but also she's really kind. Yeah. And she's like emotional and she has like these messy moments, but mm-hmm. she's so charming and likable. Like, oh, that's just what I want to be. Yeah, definitely. To have it just this air of poise about you, but not Mm -hmm. to be unapproachable. Yeah, she's not stuffy or anything. Mm -hmm. What a hard balance to strike. Totally. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like, it's a great movie too to watch with other people because you can like laugh Mm -hmm. together, discuss the ridiculous moments together. Yeah, I was really happily surprised to haven't seen this movie in like a little bit. Like, you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. on ABC Family, like I'm watching it Mm -hmm. um, or Freeform, what the fuck. But I really enjoyed it. I think Lindsay Lohan's performance in this is really magnetic. It draws you in. It's weird because the character is so much younger than me now. But if I was like that little girl's babysitter, I'd be like, oh, my Mm. God, I get to go babysit like Hallie and Annie. Like, they're so fun. Yeah, this movie, I I think, is really like a true definition of a comfort movie. Oh, yeah. It feels like a warm hug. It feels like, at least to me, like coming home. It's very familiar. It has familiar quality. And it's still so enjoyable. Like the jokes are still funny. Like it still enchants me every time I watch it. So this film has has held up incredibly well, in my opinion. Definitely. And I think it's due in large part to the performances and the writing. Like, we know the story. Like, two mm-hmm. lovers have been separated. They get back together. But what they do inside those boxes is why we keep mm-hmm. coming back and rewatching the movie. Exactly. Shall we rate it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah. What are you thinking? 9.5. Whoa. 
I was thinking nine. I was thinking nine. I was like, is it a 10? But I firmly believe that when something's a 10, like, you know, it's a 10. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I went 9.5. Cause I'm like, it is so if good. And I do love yourself, it. It is, you know, exactly. If it's not a strong yes, it's a no, mm-hmm. but it is an excellent, excellent movie. Definitely. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely go watch The Parent Trap this oh, week. Oh, yeah. It's on Disney Plus also, so yes. it's there for you if you're interested. Um, we have one more episode of Pod Girl Summer oh, left. With a special guest. Yeah, we have some special guests. So you're definitely going to want to be around for that. And in the meantime, if you want some more content, you can always follow us on Twitter, it's MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us. We've been loving all the DMs we've been getting. It's been so nice. You guys are like the sweetest people in the world. Uh, We appreciate it so much. So keep sending us whatever your heart desires. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you're watching, what you're binging. Totally. Any TV recommendations? Tangent, but... What I binged recently mm-hmm. was Sex Life on Netflix. Oh, Lord, yeah. And I discovered last night, courtesy of my friend Nicole, that the husband from Sex Life is fucking Eric from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That is insane. Blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did have to look that up after. Um, and I noticed that he was also the boyfriend in Eight Simple Rules. If anyone's oh, familiar. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That being said, you can also find us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. Or if you prefer a good old fashioned email, you know, you flip open your sidekick and you just type out to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Our email is Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yes. As always, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And we'll see you guys next week for the last installment of Pod Girl Summer. Whoa. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.